This is Lekka. I'm Lucy Dillon. This year, things are going to be slightly different on the podcast. So you can expect a kind of standalone narrative podcast series coming in a few months' time on the main podcast feed. But aside from that, there's going to be regular interview episodes with some of my favourite and most admired people in food. The twist is that these interview episodes will be exclusive to Patreon subscribers. And so after this episode has gone out, an interview with the wonderful Brie Graham, future interview episodes will only be available to listen to within the Lekka Patreon and not on the main podcast feed. You can subscribe to the Patreon for £3 a month and get access to all the episodes. These interviews are going to come and go in seasons and each season will have a different theme. We're beginning with breakfast. For the last like two weeks consistently, I've had peanut butter on toast and now that streak has been broken. I'm using the next like breakfast obsession. A reminder that you can follow Lekka on Twitter and Instagram at Lekka Podcast. And as well as Patreon, another way you can support the podcast is by buying merch. There's t-shirts and tote bags available on the Lekka T-Mill site and zines and patches on Big Cartel. There are links in the show notes. You can find access to them there. And now on with the show. Brie Graham is an Australian writer and editor based in London. She's also a fantastic cook and the recipes on her weekly newsletter, Dishes to Delight, never failed to make my mouth water. Bree's debut cookbook, Table for Two, is published this week. And I caught up with her to ask her some very important questions about breakfast. So my first ever meal, like first ever thing that I ate when I first came to London, I think I was, so I was 14 and um, my, my dad's uh, Irish, my dad's and lived in London for a long time. And it was his first time taking his kids, you know, to, to we went back to Belfast and saw his family and, um, and went to London where he used to live. And he was so excited. We landed again at Heathrow really, really early in the morning and, you know, I was like 14. I was like a stroppy, moody teenager. Like, I really, it was like, oh, family holiday to London. Boring. Like, <laughs> you know, like such a brat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we were, like, there's some, there's some really great outfit choices in the photos of that holiday. <laughs> just, oh, to yeah. pa- just to paint that picture. Um, there was some, some trilby hats, I believe. It truly were, was the era. <laughs> it really was, yeah. Um, and so we got to like I think we're staying at like a like a service department sort of thing and um left our bags and dad was like we're gonna go to this like old school cafe where I used to go like in the 80s and I was like again like boring like whatever um and it was just off Trafalgar Square and it's still there and I went recently I went probably a month ago and it is the most 
bonkers, but like magical place. Because again, living in London, like how often would we go to Trafalgar Square? Like never. <laughs> how often would we eat in Trafalgar Square, let alone even visit it? Um, and it's called Breadline Calf, and it is has not been touched really since like the 70s, maybe 60s. It's got like orange plastic chairs that are like built in. Yeah. And like yeah. it's 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 amazing. But it um actually it does a really, really good fry up. And it was just the most like revelatory sort of experience to have been on this really, really long flight and just be so like chitty and moody and to just eat this incredible fry up it was life-changing <laughs> mood shifting can you remember what was what was in the fry up when you had it only 14 so I'm imagining so I had it again recently and I'm imagining it's the mm. sort of place that doesn't really change <laughs> what they do so it's pretty classic sausages black pudding fried eggs bread that is like very buttery probably maybe also fried mm. um baked beans and a tomato classic yeah it's a good one and yeah I think it's just all like the setting as well but yeah, yeah. I, I go there quite often and funny enough when I met my boyfriend I remember telling him the story and he was like oh that place I go to that place no and so way it, yeah and so it's because like weirdly again because it's not somewhere that you would ever go living in London. Yeah. And he had been there for fry-ups as well. And so I think it kind of is this slightly, like, like nostalgic, <laughs> culty yeah. place. I am a breakfast person, but I am, like, a very, like, chaotic breakfast person. Okay. I, like, my my breakfast moods come in, like, big mood swings. So sometimes mm. I'll have, like, going through a real toast phase at the moment. Mm-hmm. But, like, that will last, like, maybe a week, two weeks, and then, like, I won't be able to touch toast for breakfast for, like, the next month. And then okay, it will go okay. in another phase, you know? So you eat breakfast every day, but it's not necessarily a dyed-in-the-wool, like, set-in-stone Exactly. Yeah, and, it, it, you know, it can be... I mean, I have... Uh, I'm very spoiled by my lovely boyfriend who brings me a coffee in bed every morning. Mm. So that is the begin. That's, like, the beginning of, of breakfast. And so always have a coffee and then depending on my sort of timings of, of how sort of luxurious my, my time is in the morning, I will make a bigger breakfast or I will have something quick running out the door. And do you have a difference between your weekends and your weekday breakfast or are you kind of set on your one thing when you're having that for the, the period of time? No, Saturday morning breakfast specifically, even more than like a Sunday morning breakfast is special. Okay. Saturday morning breakfast is like I'd say 90% of the time it's pancakes. Have to make pancakes. Mm. I'm a big pancake person. And I think I really like, a, a big about like the ritual of pancakes as well. Mm. I think there's something so nice about the time that it takes to make them the, you know, the kind of, you know, you have to, you, you sort of work through the batter and, and you have to spend time flipping each one. It's not something quick. It's not like it's done and then it's over. You know, if you want, if you're making them for another person, you have to make the decision. Are you going to ha- give them straight out of the pan? Or are you going to keep make a stack and keep them all warm? It's kind of, uh, yeah, it's got a really nice ritual to it. I love that. And what, what do you eat on your pancakes? Uh, I am citrus all the way. Mm. So, but not just lemon. Like I really love fresh oranges squeezed on pancakes mm. or grapefruit or blood oranges and like a sprinkle of sugar that still has to be like a little bit crunchy. So like yeah, okay, so like a what are they like um what's like a lemon this? and sugar 
vibe. Lovely. But yeah, like any the citrus. sugar on top of muffins, kind of yes. like really granular type thing. Okay. Yeah. And we're talking we're talking American pancakes or like Yeah. Cra- okay, American I'm, pancakes. Well, I'm I'm gonna i I'm gonna coin them Australian pancakes. Okay, okay, <laughs> right. Okay, then, yeah, that's my bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, well they're not because they're like not quite like as muffiny, fluffy as like an American pancake. And I always use buttermilk or kefir or something like that. Mm. So it's kind of like, it is, it's closer to an American pancake than a crepe sort of situation, but not quite as dense and fluffy. Lighter. Yeah. A lighter situation. Because breakfast and brunch, that is a big deal in Australia, right? Oh, yeah. We like, I mean, I think there's there's definitely some Australians that like to say that they, you know, we invented brunch um, to an extent. I think that could be true. Um, I, you know, Bill Granger is the king mm-hmm. of the Australian brunch and 100%. I mean, I grew up cooking from his books. Um, he was a big influence. My mom cooked from his books because we lived away from Sydney for a long time. And so like Sydney food, one of his first ones, I think that's the book that the ricotta hotcakes are in, which okay. is like famous. And yeah, they are that, that, yeah, definitely a formative recipe. And so when you were growing up, um, kind of in and out of Sydney, what would you eat for breakfast at that point? It was a lot, again, very seasonal and very like, it would be the same thing for maybe like two weeks and then you wouldn't need it again for another six months or something. So a lot of porridge in winter, like porridge with brown sugar um, when we were living in Sydney when I was a kid. So that was like, you know, winter morning sort of thing. Mm. Crumpets with lots of Mm. honey and butter. My mum always likes to say that Australia has better crumpets than the UK because we can get wholemeal crumpets. Which apparently, mm, apparently have a, a, the nuttiness of wholemeal flour in a crumpet with honey and butter. It's oh, a very I'd good love situation. To try that. that sounds yeah, great. They are very good. And then, as a kid growing up in Singapore for breakfast, again, climate differences, mm-hmm. quite light fruit, cereal, cold things. Um, at school canteen, we'd get Ronnie Prada for breakfast, which we would mm. cover in um, packets, little like the little sachets of sugar. <laughs> that you'd get from coffee like real healthy sounds healthy, great healthy stuff. yeah but they were good how long were you in Singapore did you end up really missing kind of the Sydney food scene well yeah. I guess not food scene but the food <laughs> eat at home yeah I think so I mean I think so we, we lived in Singapore for 10 years from when I was three to 13 mm. and um I think you know I mean I Singapore is like just the most incredible food culture mm-hmm. but what it doesn't have is that seasonal shift I mean it's kind of it's wet or dry so you're not waking up to sort of wintry mornings and thinking oh that's a bit of a chill in the air and I think that was so fun then when we moved back to you know have porridge and to have you know crumpets that are hot and dripping with butter and things like that because you just don't feel like that when it's sort of 35 degrees and humid yeah sure do you think living there changed any of your breakfast habits like now or do you think you sort of returned to what you were doing previously? I think so. I think, you know, I mean, I, there's still nothing I love more like in, in summer, even in London. I mean, we had crazy heat waves this year. Mm. And, you know, all I want for breakfast when it's that temperature is like half a watermelon. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. just, give, just yeah. give me that and I'm all good. Or just some pineapple. Or like, I think, you know, fresh fruit, especially, you know, tropical fruit and things like that is just so, so lovely when the weather is like that. Yeah, definitely. And... Do you like to go out for breakfast? Is that something that you do in London? I do, but rarely. It's like mm. going out for breakfast is like special occasion kind mm, of vibes. Yeah, I would agree. 
so it's like, I mean, you know, kind of like, I was sort of thinking, um, I don't know, breakfasts out have always kind of pretty much been linked to being jet lagged for me. <laughs> so it's okay, kind okay. of like from going, because I'm, I'm not necessarily a morning person. I yeah, necessarily wake okay. up that early but yeah, I when I'm like traveling back between London or Sydney or things like that jet lag means you wake up really really early in the morning yeah. so I have all of these like really strong when when I, when I was thinking about breakfast and knowing that's what we were going to talk about I was like right what breakfasts are those most meaningful or memorable ones and that those really like watching the sunrise breakfast because it happens so rarely <laughs> in normal times yeah. have always been tied to when I've been really jet lagged. So like last time I came back from, from Sydney, you know, we, I, I sort of landed, I think at like five in the morning and as the sun was rising in like London, January, winter, we went to a cafe in Primrose Hill, walked there, saw the sunrise. Like it was so beautiful and so evocative and just so memorable and had like a full English fry up for breakfast, which was so lovely and so nice and so different from anything I'd want to eat in Sydney in the summer. Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's nice. It's nice to have a silver lining, you know, because it's always a little bit depressing exactly. to return from like a long trip. And... Totally. And I think too, like it, the same situation then going to Sydney I still you know you're still jet lag so you're still waking up really early and again like watching the sunrise like over the ocean you know with like a mango uh in the middle of summer and you've just left London is magical so yeah such a nice way to start the day do you think that your kind of tastes in breakfast and your breakfast habits are reflective of your wider food tastes and habits because I feel like for me so I I am incredibly like I'm a a creature of habit with breakfast like I eat muesli with yogurt every single day sometimes I have some fruit on it um and I just I, I've got to the point now where like I feel weird if I don't start my day with it <laughs> it's got to the point where sometimes I will take it like if I'm going somewhere like if I'm getting a train or something you know don't get me wrong I love a I love a like a prep breakfast on the go but sometimes I just take some like a little pot of muesli and yogurt with me because I'm like I'm just I just know if I've got it it'll be fine and I won't be hungry but that is so like that is the opposite of like every other of my food habits. Like I don't really like sweet things that much. Like, I have a very savory tooth. I um I am not a creature of habit in any other way. Like I hate eating the same thing over and over again. Like I hate even eating if I prep a lunch, like a I don't know, like a salad or something, by the second day I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Wait, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's so my, my boyfriend is like that. My boyfriend, Joe, eats the same breakfast oh my god <laughs> and this is this is he he watches me make pancakes on a saturday morning he's like i'm all good really uh-huh it is a point of contention in our relationship but oh <laughs> he god. eats cereal every single day for breakfast unless we're cereal? going uh no he switches it up okay. he likes uh he likes like weedabix mm-hmm. cheerios sometimes like bran flaky kind of things but he just likes it. And wow. it like, I, I, I'll eat cereal maybe like once in a blue moon, but like I, yeah, I, I, I yeah. It, so yeah, my, my, I, I am as chaotic in my breakfast shifts as I am in okay. Uh, okay. lunch, dinner, all of that. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I can't like, I've, for the last like two weeks consistently, I've had peanut butter on toast for mm-hmm. like two weeks straight. And now that streak has been broken. And now I'm, yes. yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm using the next like breakfast obsession. 
So yeah, I think I'm, oh. think it's gonna be marmalade. I got a nice new marmalade yesterday. So I think I might go marmalade on toast Ooh. for a little bit. Which but that is a strong choice. I feel like that's a very nice like January breakfast. It feels very seasonal. Very seasonal. Also very comforting. Yeah. yeah it's so choice. it's so weather dependent, I think. And like, yes. you know. Yes, I do see that. I do I mean, I can't relate with my moosey and yogurt every <laughs> single day, but like no, I do but I do understand. <laughs> I do I do respect that because I think that like it must be so nice to just like have that consistency. Like sometimes when I am watching my boyfriend out here, I'm like you know, you know what you like. It's good. That's that's nice to be sure of something. Good which, for you. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. Do you have, apart from changing onto your next toast streak, um, do you have any other breakfast-related plans, ambitions, or resolutions for 2023? Oh, see, I was thinking about this, and I was like, some of like the best, like I. So not in the, so in the same vein, kind of as your repeated muesli yogurt thing. I love going in traveling. I love going back to eat the same things. Yes, so like okay. I am very much looking forward to going back to the places that I love to travel and recreating those breakfasts mm-hmm, again. Mm-hmm. So like last year uh, in Genoa, like we we're a little bit hungover sort of the morning after drinking far too much uh, wine. <laughs> and we walked down to this bakery near the hotel we were staying in and they have this like most amazing focaccia you've ever had in your entire life that's like got practically like an inch of fresh pesto on top that's then just like lightly grilled to the top kind of cheesy caramelizes Mm. oh my god and we took it down to the beach and ate it and I just need to recreate that exact yeah same like I'm not interested in like any changes to that scenario I just want that exact scenario exactly that's a really good resolution that's my resolution yeah Yeah. recreating it ain't broke (laughs) exactly it's it's not broke doesn't need fixing it's perfect so yeah lining that situation up again I think is my my next breakfast to great I believe you can make it happen yeah it's like an achievable goal (laughs) yeah um and is is breakfast something that you've kind of that you've read about or you like reading about or are there any breakfast related scenes in film or tv um that have stuck with you over the years yeah I love I think breakfast is I think more so than any other meal I feel like it's kind of captures people's imagination um so you know that that scene in Moonstruck where her mum's frying the egg inside the bread I mean that's just like And I think it's so, I think because it's the first meal of the day, I feel like it's so intertwined with like family life or relationships yeah. or things like that. Because not like, you know, lunch, you know, maybe you're at work, maybe you're out. Breakfast is kind of that unifying thing. You know, so many scenes in films and TV and it's the sort of nuclear family around the breakfast table. And there's, or, you know, the very American style breakfasts yes. is kind of has always sort of feel felt like that's like the bar set for like happiness and that's your day if you have that breakfast your day can only you know be amazing from then on or something like that that's so interesting I think that's really true because it's almost like that it's almost like obviously I think witnessing someone eat breakfast like there's a real intimacy to it but also Mm. it's really interesting because I think it's so it's often so unusual for people to eat breakfast in front of people that they don't normally eat breakfast in front of that there's this notion that this sort of this idea of performance totally like you know if I ever have friends stay over or people come around for breakfast which is kind of unusual but it has happened Mm. um they I would like definitely not make them the breakfast that I would normally eat they would, oh, yeah. would sort of you know they would which I guess like is reflective of other 
ways that I eat, but maybe just much more so with breakfast. I would definitely like put a spread on. Totally, <laughs> and it feels yeah. feels like very, you know... Like, yeah, it's like, oh, this is how I eat every day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I always pour my orange juice into a beautiful decanter to pour yeah, into my glass. Jug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely no. always buy orange juice. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I freshly squeezed this this morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's a great example, though. I love that. And I think, yeah, it is definitely, there is that very sort of set, like, normative ideal of family life that happens around that breakfast table. And, like, I, you can picture, like, a very particular kitchen as well. Like yeah. A kind of kitchen diner of, yeah, the 50s and 60s that was very, like, popular in America and has, like, permeated all of our cultural kind of knowledge of kitchens. Yeah, totally. And I think, yeah, just, like, even those breakfast sites, like, I mean, I love orange juice, but, like, I don't, I don't really buy it often. Yeah. But when yeah. I do have it... Or if I'm going, something that I do order if I go out for breakfast, I get, you know, tea or coffee and orange juice. And it feels like it's that special occasion. So like even the way that like drinks intertwine with the food and yeah, yeah it becomes a whole, a whole ritual, I think. Yeah, totally. And so this is a very exciting week for you um, because your book is coming out, Table for Two. Um, I know I can speak for many people, many readers of your newsletter or just fans of your work in general to say that I'm very, very excited for it. Um, and I can't wait to cook from it. And uh, you have told me that breakfast is an important theme in the book. Can it you is. talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so the the book is um, split into two, two sections, essentially. So the first half of the book is called Easy to Impress. And that is kind of very much focused on your like Monday to like Thursday, Friday kind of. Yeah. You 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 don't have a huge amount of time, but you want something that looks like you've made a real effort and you want to make someone feel special. Um, and then the second half of the book is called Just a Delight. And that is very much focused on the like, it's a special occasion. It's, you know, the sort of, I don't know, maybe it's the Saturday morning breakfast, maybe yeah. it's you know, the sort of special birthday, anniversary, whatever. Um, but in each of those chapters, breakfast is a third of each chapter. I can't do maths. Wow. But that okay. is quite, it's, it's yeah. significant. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Two, so that's like, yeah, that's like a third of the whole book. Right? Oh, oh, yeah, that, that makes, yeah, that's a good way to... <laughs> Yes, that's why I am not a mathematician. Yes. Which is which is great because obviously breakfast is, you know, as they say, the most important meal of the day. It is one of our three main meals of the day, like in this kind of, in our cultural kind of understanding of how eating works. But it's often not a rest, not a thing that people cook a lot of, sort of present a lot of recipes for. So it's nice that um, yeah, given it I, so much space. Breakfast is a big focus. And I think too, definitely, you know, so tied to the theme of the book and that intimacy of cooking for one other person so you know it's very much not focused on romantic love it's you know your mum's mm. coming down to stay with you and you know it's so exciting because your mum's in town or you know your dad's in town and they may be just here I don't know they're staying one night or something like that but you want to make that moment feel really special um yeah. you know your best friend your sister whatever um and I think yeah what you said before about breakfast is that in, it is an intimate meal to, to yeah. share with someone and to kind of have insight on. So I think that was really apparent to me when I was writing about, yeah, those kind of moments within your day that a, a table for two breakfast moment is a is a big one. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I think it's so nice to talk about the cooking we do outside of romantic relationships because 
like it's so important and those relationships are so important and so I really like the idea that you've played with that kind of table for two that makes you think of a romantic context but actually it's not just about that exactly yeah and I think you know again just like you know I mean I essentially just rolled out of bed before speaking to you great and that like (laughs) You know, it's no about matter, breakfast, it makes it's sense. It's about breakfast. <laughs> but like whoever, you know, maybe you've got a, a, a friend that you've been out the night before and your friend stayed over. And, you know, I have so many breakfast moments of me with my like close friends where you're hungover sitting at the table. You look like, you know, something the cat's just dragged in. And it's, <laughs> you know, those breakfast moments sharing that and you're recounting the night before is mm. is some of the most intimate and like beautiful moments of my friendships. And so, yeah, I really wanted a place for those stories and those recipes to live. Yeah, I love that. And can you give us a little kind of hint of some of the dishes that we can expect to find in the book? Totally. So I'm, I'm, so in the first chapter, some of like the quick, uh, easy sort of things or things that you can kind of do in advance and be like, oh, that, I just, I just whipped that up. That's, that's there. Like I really love... Um, sort of make-ahead kind of things like birch and muesli. So there's mm. um, a ginger and apple birch and muesli that I really... Okay, I'm definitely going to try that. <laughs> that's that's a, And it's, that feels like it's got fresh ginger in it as well. Mm. So you get that real like sort of spice kick, which is super nice. And then, not controversially, but <laughs> I have quite a lot of like sweeter breakfast obviously pancakes are a big one um so pancakes are in there I have a savory version of pancakes as well Mm. so it's the exact same recipe as sweet minus the sugar um so still that buttermilk base but it has chives and cheddar folded through them oh wow yeah that sounds amazing those a little stack of those with like bacon or mushrooms oh my god so good but then I really love my favorite thing about like a European hotel breakfast buffet Mm -hmm. is a breakfast cake. And so I'm really Mm -hmm. big into breakfast cakes. And so there's a breakfast cake in the second chapter called, um, I think it's called the breakfast buckle cake. And a buckle cake's like sort of that old school American cake with fruit sunken on the top. So the the batter buckles around the edges of the fruit and it gets really jammy and caramelised. And there's different variations in the book that you can do depending on the season um so you can do strawberries you can do figs I actually made it a few days ago with blueberries and it's just good for breakfast it's got ricotta in it so it's like a little Mm. bit cheesecakey it's really not that sweet and yeah that sounds like a perfect breakfast cake (laughs) breakfast cake exactly yeah um well I'm so excited to see the book and congratulations thank you so much Thank you so much for talking about breakfast with me. It's been a real joy. Thank you so much. I'm going to go eat my second breakfast. Great. (laughs) My second round of toast. Thanks very much to Brie Graham for joining me to talk about breakfast. Brie's debut cookbook, Table for Two, is out now. I'm going to make that apple and fresh ginger birch muesli as soon as possible. It might even force me to change up my breakfast routine. Who knows? One final reminder that the next breakfast interview will be out on the Lekker Patreon in a couple of weeks' time. You can listen to that by becoming a subscriber at patreon.com forward slash Podcast. Music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech. Thanks very much for listening. I'm hoping to see you for the next one on Patreon.